Monday show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Today. Adam, Scott, and Heath on Monday, April 30th. Yeah, we got Nick Kingdom to talk about. We got Sean Benaya, who is awesome again. Talk about some pitchers who might be entering Ace Hood, who we added and dropped. Uh, most added list, you know how it goes on Mondays. Hey, did you did you figure that Nick Kingham was going to be the number one most added player? He is. He is 31% owned. Heath Cummings, make a funny pun about Nick Kingham. Well, I think it's a little ridiculous to king him after one start with this minor league track record. He's never really struck anybody out until this year. Pretty yeah. impressive. But Not until this though. year. But he made a significant change this year. Actually, within the last month. That uh, I think caught the entire baseball world by surprise. Of his 16 swinging strikes yesterday, 12 of them came on a slider that he only began throwing a month ago. And yeah, I mean, maybe there just wasn't scouting reports on that. I think that's true basically anytime a pitcher comes up, no matter the scouting reports aren't great, no matter if it's a new pitch or not, but... I mean, most new pitches don't get that kind of swing and miss rate against major league hitters. So I think if there's, if there's any way you're going to go from a middling prospect to maybe something more, it's developing a new pitch that, oh, just so happens to turn out to be your best. I think it's fair to say, like, he was a top 100 prospect back in 2015. He missed a year with Tommy John. He missed part of another year with a pretty major ankle injury. He's not completely out of nowhere, but he's also 26 years old with like an 8K per 9. So did you guys try to pick up Nick Kingham in any leagues? I actually did. I thought he was the most exciting pickup of the, of a, in a weekend with very few exciting pickups. Um, I went through my leagues on Sunday afternoon and kept saying, oh, there's nobody I want to pick up here. Uh, but then Nick Kingham happened and, uh, that changed. He became number one priority in most of my leagues. And look, I don't, I don't know either. It, it is just one start to Heath's point, but it's, it, he flashed exciting enough potential that I was willing to, um, you know, move on from, uh, let's see. I think I dropped Danny Duffy for him in one. Like, I think that Whoa, was the best player I dropped for him in that, any league. That's yeah. a big one. Well, Danny wow. Duffy's not any good. There is one pitcher that was also very good over the weekend that's also owned in a similar amount of leagues that I think is more exciting. Now, he's failed twice this year, and so that's why he's not quite as exciting to some people, but it's Tyler Malley. And like he had two bad starts against the Pirates and against the Cardinals. Every other start he's had this year has been pretty good. And he's got, what, 24 strikeouts in his last three starts? I, I'm i more interested in Malley. All right. Yeah, Malley is 34% owned, and I may have dropped him a little bit too soon. I picked him up, like, everywhere after the first start of the season. And then he had two stinkers, and his last two starts have been great. Uh Six and a third with one run, seven strikeouts at the Twins. Before that, six innings, three runs, 11 strikeouts against Atlanta. He gave up two home runs in the seventh inning, I believe. And Tyler Malley has Miami this week. Um, Nick Kingham, do we know for sure that he's going to make another start? What, have they we said don't. anything? No, we don't. We, we don't know for they, sure. Yeah, they said he's going to Washington with the team. So they're going to at least give him a, a little vacation out of the deal. Yeah. But they haven't said for sure that he's starting. I hope he gets yeah. to go to the American History Museum. It's really a great place. It's been hours there. So uh, among, pit- uh, <laughs> among pitchers who uh, aren't taking their next turn, I would rather over- own him over Walker Bueller. Um, Flaherty's a tough call. I think I'd still rather have Flaherty. I really like Flaherty, but I can see if you want, um, you know, if you don't think somebody's going to pick up Flaherty now that he's back in the minors, you can maybe make that move. I do also want to mention just my one concern for Tyler Malley again. Pretty much only throws fastballs. 70 out of its 92 pitches in his last start was fastballs. It worked for him in the minors. Great numbers there. But it also worked for Tony Singrani in the minors and eventually caught up to him in the majors as a starter. So just just throwing that out there. All right, guys. Well, how was your weekend, everybody? Did you have a nice weekend? Yeah? Yeah, it was great. Good. Yeah, I went uh, I, I went out Saturday and had the best old-fashioned I'd ever had. Uh, so that was delicious. And I don't, then I don't yesterday even know what that is. it was like all football. All football. Yes. So the, right, the NFL draft happened. So Heath is doing team outlooks for all 32 teams. 16 of them he has completed. You can check that out on uh, the website on cbssports.com slash fantasy slash football. If you want to hear some analysis, we did a podcast on Friday on fantasy football today. It was awesome. It was fun. 
And we'll do another one this afternoon, which will be available you know, probably around 5 p.m. Eastern or something. You can listen to it tonight or you can listen to it tomorrow or whenever. That's on the Fantasy Football Today podcast. If you want just some NFL analysis and not some fantasy analysis, check out the Pick 6 podcast first thing in the morning. They record at night, so they get it out to you really early in the morning. Um, the Pick 6 podcast about 30, 35 minutes long. And it's six topics, five minutes each. Obviously, a lot of NFL draft talk. And I'm getting great feedback so far from listeners and from one person that I randomly met on Saturday um, telling me how much he loves CBS Sports HQ, which is our 24-7 streaming service. Uh, you can download the CBS Sports app on your Roku, on your Apple TV, on your Amazon Fire, on your phone, whatever, and watch uh, CBS Sports HQ when you download the CBS Sports app. HQ is free. It's 24-7. You don't have to sign up. You just watch great sports coverage, and uh, people have been really excited about it. So, you know, get on that. Uh, let me give you some pictures. You tell me if they are entering ace territory. And, by the way, thank you for asking. I had a very, very nice weekend. Uh, no. Shamanaya. Shamanaya, we, you know, are, are we? should we not doubt him anymore? Seven scoreless innings. Uh, one unearned run, I think. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was just one run. It was great. Great start at Houston, whatever the hell it was, on Friday. And Manaya has a 103 <laughs> ERA. And he's pitched seven or more innings and five of six starts. Scott White is Sean Manaya an ace? No, he's not an ace. I still don't think he is flashed the swing and miss stuff of an ace. Um, he's up to seven point six K per nine. And I feel like to survive in today's MLB like that, you need an elite, like Keuchelian ground ball rate, or you need to. Um, and I'm not even sure this is sustainable, but really high soft contact rate. And I think it's worth pointing out that prior to this start, Sean Manaya's FIP was in the mid threes, which is more where I expect him to end up. Right now it's, it's a little better. It's 3.23. Uh, but I'd still put his ERA as higher than that. He's, he's a fine pitcher. I'm not saying, you know, you're going to regret holding on to him necessarily, but he's not this good. Okay. So then the three pitchers I put in this category, Heath. Shamanaya, Patrick Corbin, and Blake Snell. Who's the aciest of those three? Shamanaya, Patrick Corbin, Blake Snell. I would say it's probably Corbin, but I would put Snell closer to Corbin than I would Manaya. And I just, I think every time we bring up Sean Manaya, we should recount his ridiculously fortunate statistics. So he has a 148 BABIP allowed so far this year. That's probably half of what it'll be by the end of the year. And he has strand 98.2% of the runners that have reached space. I think that's every runner but one. <laughs> it's pretty good. But he also has a 103 ERA. Like, you know, the regression might mean like a 3 ERA, right? I mean, if he's three times as bad, he's going to have a 309 well, Scott, ERA. Scott referenced his FIP, and I think there is a number that's slightly better than FIP at predicting what your current performance should be in the future. Sierra? And that number is Sierra, uh. Skill Interactive ERA. And it's three five two, and that's about where I expect him. Three five two. Okay. Uh so you go Corbin, Snell, Manaya. Scott rank those three. Corbin, Snell, and Manaya. I go Corbin, Snell, Manaya. Alright, good stuff from Blake Snell, by the way. Very, very exciting development here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I kinda want to put Snell ahead of Corbin, but I I, I, I can't yet. Yeah, I want to check Snell's schedule. I know he's faced the Red Sox. Oh, so here's the thing about the Red Sox. I'm going to check. On Friday, we did the DFS podcast, uh, Heath and I, and I could not believe this. The Red Sox on Friday, I'm going to check right now, the updated, had the lowest OPS in baseball against lefties. And then Snell went out and dominated them uh, this weekend. Um, so that's interesting. I know he's faced them a few times. And he yeah, – I don't have a schedule in front of me. I, I just I, – I, ALE's pitchers kind of scare me, ballparks and – Great lineups, but he's done very well against the Red Sox. So, uh, the Red Sox are the worst team in baseball against lefties, and it's not even close. They have a 547 OPS against lefties. The second worst team is the Mets at 605. That is a huge gap between the worst and the and the second worst. That's and that doesn't really make sense, guys. Like the Red Sox should be good against lefties, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. The yeah, best a, two hitters are righties for sure. Yeah, wild. Well, it's because they don't have Xander Bogarts. As soon as he comes back, he's, he's back. He's back. Um, well, they haven't had him for most of this they, season. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, it's still, it's weird. All right, any interesting ad drops? I will kick it off and say I added Darren O'Day and dropped Matt Albers in two leagues. Do you guys think Darren O'Day is uh, the closer for the O's? 
I have to assume that. I mean, Brad Brock pitched part of the sixth and the seventh inning in that same game. Didn't fare well either. And it's been weeks since he's worked a ninth inning. Okay. Yeah, he he came in in a huge situation, Brad Brock, and he got Kevin Gosman out of a jam. But it was the sixth inning. So, uh, all right. So Darren O'Day is someone you might want to pick up. Uh, Heath, I know you didn't do much. Uh, you, you were- I did, we did make an ad in the, um, for the people league and it's a deeper league ad. Ryan Healy double donged yesterday. He did. As soon as he was ready to come back, it was goodbye Dan Vogelbach. So I, I don't know that that will be the case all year long. I was kind of starting to believe in Dan Vogelbach just a little bit, but, um, we needed a corner infielder and Healy just hit a double dong and Vogelbach's not there to worry about playing time. He's been a pretty serviceable option so far in the major leagues. I know there have been reasons people haven't believed what Ryan Healy has done, but in a 16-team categories league, he should absolutely be out there. Scott, how about you? Uh, other than Nick Kingham, any big-time pickups for you? Not big-time. In leagues where I did an extra start, Kyle Gibson became my favorite two-star pitcher to add. After we talked about him on Friday show, um, the swing and strikes numbers have been good enough this year, and you look at what he did in the second half last year, it was basically... It was basically like Jake, who Jake Faria was over the full season last year that got us so excited. So I, I think there is some moderate upside there with Gibson and he was the first two start option I was looking to add. Um, in a couple deeper leagues, I made a play for Caleb Smith. Yeah. Who keeps striking out hitters. It's kind of amazing. He's 8% owned Caleb Smith. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. One of the guys I was going to ask you about. Smith with nine strikeouts and seven scoreless innings against the Rockies. And he's got a 440 ERA, but he's been pretty tough to hit. And he's got two starts of 15 or more swinging strikes, two really good starts in a row for Caleb Smith. And, yeah, 8% owned at Cincinnati this week. Yeah, and he's had eight or more strikeouts in three of his six starts. Um, he got 18 swinging strikes in this one, had another 15 strike swinging strike game earlier in the year. And like this minor league track record is mostly lackluster, but last year 241 ERA, 106 whip, 9.1 strikeouts per nine. Um, apparently the Marlins, who knew the Marlins were, uh, were big on the advanced stats, but, um, they pointed out to him that he, um, the spin rate on his fastball is one of the highest in the majors. And so he started throwing his fastball like 10% more often. He, he says, Things have just fallen into place since they showed him that. Derek Jeter hates advanced stats. We know this, Scott. Well, he hates somebody that. in his front office doesn't. No, no. They shared it with Caleb Smith. And <laughs> look, I don't think it's an open and shut case here, obviously. I would still bet against Caleb Smith in the long run. But when you're talking about a guy who's eight percent owned, you're talking about those deeper leagues. I mean you've got to pursue any any semblance of upside you can find. Yeah. JK on the Jeter thing. JK. IRL, he probably likes uh, advanced stats. Um, all right, so Kyle Gibson, two starts, Toronto and at the White Sox. And then, all right, guys, I made a big ad. I added this guy in three leagues. I dropped Neil Walker. I dropped Ben Zobers. I dropped Bud Norris, which is interesting because, gosh, Greg Holland's been terrible, and maybe I shouldn't have dropped Bud Norris. But I needed to get Daniel Robertson into my life. He is eligible at second base, third base, shortstop, corner infield, and middle infield. Daniel Robertson is, along with Kingham, the most added player in CBSSports.com leagues. Daniel Robertson is a Tampa Bay Ray. Daniel Robertson is now on three of my teams. Daniel Robertson has been awesome. Is this going to continue? Did I make an amazing addition to my fantasy teams? Heath Cummings. No. (laughs) (laughs) I think there is some intrigue there with Daniel Robertson, and especially in deeper leagues. But, no, I don't think this is going to come anywhere close to continuing. He's got a 442 Babbitt. Um, so it's probably going to drop 120 points. Maybe he's a 250 hitter. Oh, no. Uh, um, I, I don't see, like he's hitting the ball pretty hard and he's hitting a lot I, of line drives, but I don't know. It's so early in the season. The sample size is so small when that, when you see a 30% line drive rate, I pretty much think it's either a classification error or that's just been what it's been so far. It's, probably going to come back down around 20 percent i don't i'm fine adding him as a middle infielder or whatever i'm in a in a normal league i'm not that interested okay 
well, Robertson, 37% own. And, and I think I'm just going to try to get a couple of good weeks out of him or something. And I'm not expecting season-long contributions, like maybe, I said. Maybe Scott disagrees with me. No, no, I don't. I would I would have said something if I did. Um, I, I think the very best-case scenario for Daniel Robertson is, like, a worse version of Jan Hervis Solarte. And I mean worse across the board, worse average, worse power. He's going to be versatile and he'll maybe get on base a fair amount, but that's it. All right, I do like I would 16. Drop, I wouldn't drop you in half for him. Yeah, neither yeah, would I. I. 16 walks, 16 strikeouts. I do like that for Robertson, but uh, let's hope we can just get a little bit more production, um, dropping some dead weight. Uh, and then just I read Scott's sleeper hitters column, and I picked up Max Kepler with good matchups this week. I dropped Aaron Hicks because the Yankees have terrible matchups this week. And I and this is kind of a shallow league where I'm just going to shuffle uh, outfielders in and out of my roster. And I added Jorge Soler in a couple of leagues. I dropped Preston Tucker, who's useless now, and CC Sabathia, who has been great, but I still think he's very streamable. I used him for two starts, and now I have Jorge Soler. Uh, so Soler in the sleeper hitters column, good matchups. He just had a nine-game walk streak end. Soler's about 26% owned, and you might want to use him this week. Soler and Winker were two guys that I uh, wrote about as far as outfield replacements for the Puig or Cespedes owners for this week. I, I think they're both going to be really good. Oh, yeah. We'll get into the injuries in just a second and the most added list. But you also you want to be adding the SeatGeek app. Go ahead and get that on your phone right now. The smartest, easiest way to get tickets. Very simple. Search for SeatGeek. Download the app. Buy some tickets and use the promo code FANTASY. FANTASY is the promo code. You're going to get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Some promo codes for other products, you know, yeah, get like 10 bucks off or get like 5%. 20 bucks is a, an awesome deal. And the other great thing about SeatGeek is not only are you saving those 20 bucks, you're also saving money and a lot of time because SeatGeek is very efficient. It goes out and searches multiple ticket sites and compares prices to find amazing deals. SeatGeek ranks tickets based on value. So I use it all the time. Okay. I'll be going to Yankees games pretty soon. They're probably going to keep on winning. They've won nine in a row. That's wonderful. So when they're on their 15 game winning streak, I'm going to go to a game. I'm going to look for tickets. SeatGeek's going to give me all the results. Big green dots. Those are the ones I'm going to click on. Those are the best values. I'm going to buy those tickets. I've already used the promo code, but I'm still going to get a great deal. And every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with a lot of confidence. So, again, download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FANTASY for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. The promo code is FANTASY. And the most added players are not displaying right now. I know Kingham is one. Oh, I gotcha. Kingham is one and uh, Robertson is tied. So other starting pitchers or other uh other players on the most added. This is a great segment. Kyle Gibson. There we go. That's how I kill time before I get it queued up. Kyle Gibson three. Brandon Belt. Yeah, Scott kind of stole him from me in the podcast league. Sort of wanted him. You know, Scott, I was deciding do I go with Brandon Belt or do I go with Justin Smoke? And I I think I elected to stick with Smoke. So yeah, mm. I think I canceled my belt bid. But yeah, I go. I prefer belt at this point. I think you'll be happy this week with having smoke. He may do enough tonight against Lance Lynn to make that uh, <laughs> a good decision. Belt has really so. good matchups too. I think he's third on my top ten sleepers. He, he, he's got a lefty tonight, right? Yes. Yeah, but you know he had tough matchups last week and did pretty well, Brandon Belt. So, especially in a points league, his OBP is over four hundred or an OBP league, I suppose. You know. Get get yourself some Brandon Belt. Um, yeah, wow. He's got at least a seven-game hitting streak. I didn't realize that. Just checking the game logs. All right, also on the most added list after Brandon Belt. Uh, Nick Markakis, 63% owned. CJ Crone, 43%. Matt Cook, 22%. Miguel Andujar, 81%. How about Jose Peraza, 45%. I did put in a bid for him. I, I did not get him. But Jose Peraza's uh, hot right now. Three steals. Not killing it in that department. But, yeah, thoughts on Peraza? 45% out. I mean, if he's not killing it in the steals, what's the point? Because he's not a consistent hitter. He's certainly not a power hitter. All right. That's, those I'll are the be a slightly, slightly more optimistic about Peraza. Because I do think that, like, he could be something like Cesar Hernandez without the walks. 
I don't think something around a, a 290 batting average for or 300 batting average even for a player as fast as he is and as little as he strikes out would be all that surprising. And if he has a 300 batting average, he's going to have a little, a high enough on base percentage that hitting directly in front of Joey Votto, he could be a good source of runs as well. So I'm, I'm mildly interested. I think Peraza should be owned in pretty much every league where you need a middle infielder. All right, let's play the Goldilocks game. I'll tell you a player and his ownership. You tell me too high, too low, or just right. Uh, Harlan Garcia, 52%. Too high. Too high. I don't know who that is. Too hot or too high? Too high. <laughs> it's, oh, Harleen? It's Harlan. Harleen Garcia is <laughs> I, owned in too many leagues. <laughs> I, I, I think it's Harlan anyway. Teoscar Hernandez, 81%. Just right. Yeah, yeah, it tastes nice. Jamer Candelario, 61%. Too cold. Yeah, a little, little too cold. Would you guys rather have Andujar or Candelario? Andujar. 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 Yes. Uh, Mac Williamson, currently on the concussion DL, 30% owned. Too Just cold, right. but I am, I am concerned with Hunter Pence, um, close to returning that this is going to be Excuse for Giants to push him aside again once he's ready to return. No, there's an yeah, easy I'll solution. Say, I'll say just right. Yeah, just cut uh Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah. Just really <laughs> don't see that happen. Uh Michael Waka, eighty percent. Too hot. Just, just just right. Okay. And finally, I'm gonna say too cold. Miles Michael is seventy five percent owned. Agreed, that's too cold. Too Should cold. Be like ninety five. Yeah, there's crank not- it up. There is not a league that I'm in that I would let Miles Michaelis be on the waiver wire. No way. Um, and then, la- actually, this is the last one. I'm going to say too hot. Tyler Austin. Gotten a lot of questions about him. 35% owned. Hitting well. He's currently suspended, but he'll be back shortly. What do you think about Tyler Austin? I'm very concerned about the playing time going forward. What's Bird's back? Yeah, I think that's... I think you should be concerned. I'm, I'm surprised he's played as much as he has to this point, frankly. Um... And there's, you know, Neil Walker could heat up and push him aside too. It's not like the underlying numbers support everything Austin's done to this point. So there's the, he's, there's probably been a degree of him being the hot hand, but he eventually won't be. And then when Bird comes back, it's, it's a moot point. Alrighty. So I, yeah, I'm sorry. Heath, I, I would really like to have a history of all the times we said when Bird comes back. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it's right up there with when Adam Eaton comes back. Those two guys are just all over my DLs. They're sliding into yeah, my I'd, DLs. I'm okay because he was so cheap on draft day that I, I hold him on the DL and he'll be good in the second half. It's okay. It's not like I gave up Johnny Cueto for him. For who, Adam Eaton or for right, Greg right. Bird? No, I would, yeah, right, <laughs> shut up. So, uh, <laughs> uh, let's go through all the injuries here. Here's who's on the DL. Will Myers, oblique strain. Ugh. Robbie Ray is likely headed for the DL. Oblique strain. Ugh. Uh, Yasiel Puig, left hip pointer and bruised foot. He's on the DL. Byron Buxton, hairline fracture, still on the DL. No timetable for his return. Big, uh, hairline fracture in his big toe. Uh, J.P. Crawford on the DL, so should get more playing time for Scott Kingery. Joe Panic, torn ligament in his thumb, may need surgery. Uh, no timetable for Adam Eaton's return. Eric Thames, six to eight weeks. Mark Melanson is on the 60-day DL, and Hunter Strickland has, I think, seven saves. So he's been a nice pickup if you got him. Day-to-day, I'm not even going to go through starter sit here. I'm just going to let everybody do that on their own, see what's going on tonight before the games start. There are 11 games tonight. Mookie Betts is day-to-day with hamstring tightness. They, they don't seem too concerned, but, hey, I started Chris Bryant last week, so that's why that's why I'm hesitant to do starter sit with this segment. Um, Miguel Sano missed two straight games with a hamstring injury. That one, they yeah, that, that one seems a little bit – that one seemed a little scarier to you guys, Miguel Sano with the hamstring? Yes, Over and bets. it's easier to justify sitting a worse player like that, too. Yeah. Carlos Carrasco is expected to make his next start. He has back stiffness. I thought Rich Hill was going to come off the DL today and make two starts this week, but he apparently has a finger infection, and that's not happening. Is that right? That's right. Uh, Ross Stripling is starting tonight. Shohei Otani. I, I, I did the uh, not about Stripling, but about Rich Hill not coming back. Sorry, Ross you can, you can do it about Stripling, too. No, that's all right. I like Ross Stripling. <laughs> Great guy. Uh, Shohei Otani will not make his Tuesday start. I will ask you this. Are you comfortable starting Shohei Otani this week when, if lineups lock for you on Monday or Tuesday with the Angels? I'm not. I'm nope. not. Yeah. No. Nope. 
Uh, DJ LeMahieu, hamstring, day-to-day. Justin Boers missed two straight games with back spasm. spasms. Wilson Ramos has been tearing it up. He's day-to-day heavy legs. Makes you think Wilson Ramos should be okay. Julio Tehran expected to make his next start. You should sit Yoenis Cespedes this week. He he said he himself expects to miss three games. That's a weird timetable for someone to put on, but sprained thumb for him. Josh Donaldson started a rehab assignment. Could be back this weekend. We don't know much about Miguel Cabrera, but he had biceps spasms. Uh, Dan Straley will likely start today, and Brandon Drury could be back within a few days. And some other notes for you. All right. Jack Flaherty, Walker Bueller, Luis Gohara, Mike Soroka. Two Braves pitchers plus Flaherty and Bueller. Flaherty, Bueller, Gohara, and Soroka. Which of those guys? Uh, rank them in stash ability. Heath, you can go first. I will go Hara, <laughs> and then I will go. I think, I think Bueller might be at the bottom. Yeah, Bueller at the bottom. Soroka third. Who's left? Flaherty. Flaherty two? Yeah, Flaherty. Flaherty two. I actually go Flaherty one, then Bueller, then Gohara, Soroka. And the, a big reason why is I don't know once Gohara is healthy, which of those Braves pitchers is next in line. I know Flaherty and Bueller are next up for their teams. Yeah. Are the Braves going to win the World Series next year? Like, my goodness. <laughs> uh, no. I mean, no. If, it's exciting. If, if Albies and Acuna are as good as they've looked so far, they're, gonna they're win in the this playoff year. picture, right? I mean, yeah. they're, they're not going to win the World Series, but they should they should trade Gohara for Mike Moustakas. Uh, no, I don't see that happening. I mean, even like Fultonevich with a great start over the weekend, things are looking good. Um, yeah, I was I was interested, Heath, why you had Gohara one. I think he has the highest upside of the group. I I don't really think Flaherty has the ace potential that Gohara does. I think Flaherty's got a very good chance of being a top 40 starting pitcher uh, whenever the Cardinals decide they're done messing around and throwing away their season. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Toronto sent Devin Travis to AAA. Jay Bruce could get more first base playing time. Well, not during the Cess, not while Cespedes is out, but the Mets is for NL only. The Mets are going to try to get Brandon Nimmo in the lineup a little bit more. Brad Ziegler, when Kyle Bearclaw got the save on Saturday, Ziegler was not 100% healthy, and then Ziegler got the save on Sunday. Cody Bellinger was benched for a lack of hustle. When you hit a ball into triples alley, you better get a triple, Cody Bellinger. And he was not happy about it. He wasn't happy. He said, why Why would I risk going to third base? Where I think they were like down by four runs. He didn't want to make it out on the base paths. He wasn't happy. Well, and he was like on his knee when he hit the ball. He was, yeah. So I think that's... That's much to do about nothing, but uh, Ben Zobrist is back for the Cubs. Okay, guys, we talked about Darren O'Day. Were there any other bullpen developments that you thought were interesting this weekend? I thought Kyle Bearclaw getting the save Saturday was interesting because he is certainly a better pitcher than Brad Ziegler. Now Ziegler came right back and got the save Sunday. Um, did you hear the up? Did you hear the update I just gave? I know the news can get very boring. <laughs> But apparently Ziggler wasn't healthy on Saturday. Yeah. No, I I get that, but okay. It still's not going to take much for them to switch to Bear Claw. And you know, if they if he if anytime he gives them a reason to think he can get the job done just as well, I think we're a step closer to that. I agree. Uh I did get a lot of questions on Twitter about why Kelvin Herrera did not get the save on Sunday. Blaine Boyer did. Uh Herrera had thrown three straight days, no big deal at all. And Fernando Rodney got a save, but he walked too. So keep it going, Fernando Rodney. <laughs> you will lose it. Uh Buy low or heck no? Let's talk about some starting pitchers. Should we buy low or heck no? David Price, buy low or heck no? How low can you buy on David Price? Uh, yeah, that's... I don't know. I, got like, bad I, I have doubts about how good David Price is now. But at the same time, if people are just giving him away, I'll, I'll take that. I mean, he's got a... 3780 RA. What I don't I don't really know that you can buy very low on him yet. Okay. Well, if you want to kind of give an optimistic view of David Price, part of it his numbers could be better, but he had the hand numbness against the Yankees, got destroyed in one inning. Um he gave up two home runs on Saturday, but one of them was a two run inside the park home run that should have been a single. 
Uh, so, you know, his numbers looked a lot worse. Really, the walks are weird. 14 walks to 28 strikeouts and 33 and a third. So you guys don't really think his value is that low anyway. Okay. So we won't look to buy low on price. Um, buy low or heck no on Marcus Stroman. I, I mean, he's technically a buy low, but at the same time, I'm finding in a lot of my leagues, he is a guy I'm starting to think about dropping just because I need to have somebody to drop. And while I, I think there's a good chance he bounces back and, um, is somebody by season's end will consider worth rostering in every league, there's a chance he, if I drop him, he'll just sit there. So he's, he's right on that borderline ownable. Now, if you're talking about a deeper league, I guess I would call him a buy low, but, uh, and most of my leagues aren't quite that deep where there's just no chance I drop him. Can I give you some fun Marcus Stroman facts? Oh, sure. His ERA is the same as his K per nine. <laughs> well, which is good walk, for him. 8.88. His walks per nine are higher than his FIP. Um, but remember when we talked about how lucky, um, Sean Manaya had been and his strand rate at 98.2%? Stroman's is 45%. Over half the runners that have reached base have scored. His career number is at 71%. I I do think he's a buy low. I think he's still probably going to be a guy who is what I thought he was, a high threes, low, high, really high threes ERA pitcher with a lot of innings. He'll be fine. Can I give you more fun facts? Yes. I like fun facts. Uh, in 1997. Kind of fact. Ooh, this is really interesting. According to Wikipedia, in 1997, a six-year-old Marcus Stroman made an appearance on the Nickelodeon game show Figure It Out. I don't even remember that Nickelodeon game show. Oh, sure. I remember it. I remember it. The Was big... it hosted by your brother? No. Uh, <laughs> In me... what year? 1997. Uh, but he, oh. my brother was on. It was hosted by Summer Sanders. My brother was on Figure It Out, I think, a couple times. Like when he was hosting on Nickelodeon. Oh, uh, who, what was? Amanda Bynes. That's who was on Figure It Out. I figured it out. And let's move on. <laughs> okay. Buy low or heck no on Luis Castillo. What do you think? Definitely buy low. Obviously, another awful start this weekend. I still think the potential is just enormous. High 90s heat, best swing and miss changeup in the game. And this was an encouraging development Sunday morning. Uh, Jim Riggleman, the Reds manager, says they've been watching some video comparing last year to this year, and his arm angle has definitely changed from last year. His pitches are flatter. He's not getting the sink on them anymore, uh, which would explain a lot. And this is what... These are this between this and Nick Kingham, this is exactly the sort of thing that makes baseball interesting and we're never going to be able to predict it completely. Is just something that small can make a huge difference. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean it wouldn't surprise me if he's just bad again in his next start because that's the way it's been going. But it wouldn't surprise me if Castillo um in his next start has the kind of start we've been expecting all along because suddenly he's been working to change his arm slot and it's back. Has he, have we seen any evidence of the velocity coming back yet? Cause I, I didn't check his most recent start, but I know he's still like on it average. It is down. It down is down a little, but like, it is down a little, but like it's still high for relative to the league and an altered arm angle would explain that among other things. Yeah. He shouldn't need, he's got plenty of velocity, Castillo, right? Even if it's down, still throwing 96 or so. 95.3 is his average, which is good, really good. But he's not, I mean, he's basically a, a two and a half pitch pitcher. Yeah. yeah. Scary. And so you do kind of need elite velocity, I think. All right. Buy low or heck no on Luke Weaver. That's all I got. I'll buy low. I'll buy low. Uh, he, he was back to throwing the curveball. Actually threw it more often than his changeup in this start. So he's, he's looking like a three pitch pitcher still after kind of not going there his last couple starts. Uh, I wish the results here were better, but it sounded like there was some uh some bad luck um with some blue pits and infield singles and the like that caught that uh that afflicted him late in this start. Yeah, well, I will buy low, but not with anybody that's in my starting lineup. On Luke Weaver. Okay, so Weaver he had a shutout through five and then yeah, kinda came unraveled in the sixth. So how would you rank Price, Stroman, Castillo, and Weaver? Heath. Price? Hmm. Ooh. <laughs> I, th- I think I would still go Castillo next, and then I'd go Weaver, and then I'd go Stroman. Scott. 
Yeah, the debate's between Weaver and Castillo for me too. I, I, uh, I, I'll, I'll go with what Heath said. Price, Castillo, Weaver, Stroman. All right, you know how we do, uh, the, the ownership tiers for starting pitchers. The studs, fringies, part one, part two, part three, deep leagues. I picked one pitcher from each tier that I thought was interesting, and let's talk about them. And, uh, now's the time for me to, uh, kind of kick it in gear so we can try to get to everything for the rest of the show. So give me your quick thoughts. First, we'll start with a stud. Quick thoughts on Jay Happ, one of the best strikeout pitchers in baseball. He does have a 350 ERA. But he has seven walks to 50 strikeouts in 36 innings, and he just keeps on striking people out. Jay Happ, quick thoughts. I always look for an explanation if there's one that isn't obvious in the the skill indicators. Uh, why something's changed in the there there is one for Happ. He's pitching up in the zone more with that fastball, uh, which is a trick Marco Estrada used his first couple years with the Blue Jays to exceed his peripherals. Um, I don't know. It's been it's been enough starts that I'm not just going to doubt it outright. I think if he keeps striking out hitters like this, he's going to be really good. Yeah, his swinging strike rate is through the roof, 13.1%. He's never been above 10% in his entire career. I have been a J-Hap doubter. He's definitely someone that will be moving up in my rankings. I just can't decide if he's moving up far enough to where it's going to matter in terms of me acquiring him. I, I don't think I'd put him ahead of Stroman yet. Ooh, okay. Uh, Miles Michaelis, 75% owned. Heath, your quick thoughts on Miles Michaelis? He should be like 95% owned. He, I kind of think, and Scott might say I'm wrong, but I kind of think that he is what, uh, people were hoping Lance Lynn was. He's probably better than that because he's walked, what, two all year? And Lance Lynn's usually kind of a high walk guy. So, right. I, so maybe, I think maybe he might even be. But just that safe, not necessarily huge upside, but Lots of innings and lo- good ratios. Okay. Yeah. Uh, CC Sabathia, 52% on. We go to the next group. CC Sabathia, he's got a 171 ERA. Does not like Angel Hernandez, but, um. <laughs> <laughs> he should like Angel Hernandez. Angel Hernandez did very well for CC Sabathia last night. That, he was calling Maybe, some maybe he bullied in, him into doing well for him. I don't maybe. Know. He, he definitely benefited uh, from that. Like I said, I, I streamed CC Sabathia. I got two great starts out of him and I dropped him last night after the yeah. Angels start. So are, are you guys on the same page with, on CC? Yep. Yeah, good streamer. That's about it. Alright, Tyler Malley, 34%. We talked about him earlier. Tyler Malley, pick him up. But Scott's got I reservations. Would. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have reservations, but he needs to be more than, more owned than he is. Um, I would, I would pick up Kingham over him, but I would pick Molly up, Mally up over, uh, like Caleb Smith. Okay. And Caleb Smith was my last guy. It turned out we talked about most of these guys. Caleb Smith, 8% owned and all those strikeouts, seven scoreless with nine strikeouts against the Rockies. Uh, here's a new segment called Two Pitchers I Might Try to Trade, but Won't Be Upset If I Can't Get Rid Of. So I'm looking at these guys, and I feel like maybe now's the time to try to strike. But if I can't make a trade, it's fine. I'll keep them. Whatever. Ronaldo <laughs> Lopez. I feel like there's only one good stat with Lopez, and it's his ERA. Uh, nothing seems to be supporting it. And his ERA is 178, Ronaldo Lopez. And then this one's tougher for me. Kevin Gosman. You know, he's got a 415 ERA, but most of it was the first start of the year when he was terrible. He's starting to pitch pretty well. There's just something I... I there's just something I doubt with Gosman. I don't know. I know he was a sleeper for Scott. I know he's not like in love with him. But these are two pitchers that I might try to trade now. I feel like this could be a good time. Lopez and Gosman. What do you think? I I think as far as Lopez goes, the problem is the pedigree and the upside that you are hoping shows itself. But if we are just judging by what he's done so far this year and what he's done really in his major league career, he has not been any better this year than he was maybe maybe very marginally. He's a 5.01 Sierra so far this year. Yes. If you could get something good for Reynaldo Lopez, that would be the prudent thing to do. I would just have some reservations because of the pedigree. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And then, Scott, what do you think about Gosman? Do you think he's breaking out? Maybe. Like... I, I've been a little underwhelmed by how he's performed considering he's throwing his splitter, uh, like he does when he's in mid-season form. Like normally he doesn't feature it to this extent until mid-season and his second half numbers throughout his career are so much better than his first half numbers. He's thrown it about 25% of the time. 
Um, and the numbers have been fine. They clearly haven't been the disaster Gosman was in the first half last year, but they haven't been, you know, high in numbers either. So, like, I have more confidence in him than Lopez. I think maybe the ERA disparity, you could possibly trade Lopez easier too. I don't think I'd be looking to move Gosman right now, but I just, I've been a little underwhelmed. Yeah, I think that the thing I have with Gosman is like we're at 674 innings in his career. He's got a 4.18 ERA. It's 4.15 this year. He's got 8.3 K per nine over their 670 innings. It's 7.8 this year. Like this may just be what he is. Yeah, yeah. That the thing is, he's always terrible in April. Kevin Gosman is a terrible April pitcher, and stuff he hasn't yeah. been terrible. So that's sort of encouraging. But I think the other thing I didn't mention is that. He's faced the Yankees once, and he had a good start. Five innings, two runs, three strikeouts. Uh, it's good enough. He hasn't really faced his division that much. You know, he's got Detroit twice so far. Cleveland, they've been kind of disappointing. Um, Minnesota crushed him in the opener. So, I, again, I, I'm just kind of afraid of ALE's pitchers. And, you know, he hasn't faced the Yankees or the Red Sox that much, only one start. I don't know if that's a huge deal, but it's something. Um, I, I'm also. There, there's just been such a stark contrast in his career when he's featuring the splitter and when he's not. When he's featuring it, he's like a top 25 pitcher, and when he's not, he's not even a top 100 pitcher. You know. Yeah. All right, then let's move on and talk about some hitters. Uh, just a few lineup notes. David Dahl sat against a lefty Saturday, then started against a lefty on Sunday. He went 0 for three and struck out three times in that game. Uh, and Carlos Gonzalez could be back soon, so interested to see what happens with David Dahl. Matt Carpenter sat against a lefty on Friday as he continues to be terrible and kill all my fantasy teams. Malik Smith uh, started against a lefty on Friday but sat against a lefty on Saturday. Malik Smith, it might have been just a rest day for him. He's actually been pretty good. Three, eight for 19 with three doubles against lefties. And Malik Smith, 33% home. And the Braves moved Acuna to second. Albies led off and they dropped Ender Enciarte to ninth. And Ender Enciarte has, he's not like hitting great, but he's got 13 steals this year. I don't want to see him bat ninth, but that, you know. He's been better recently. Um, and he got on four, base four times yesterday. I don't know if it's going to be a permanent thing. Yeah. I mean, if he's, if he hits ninth rest of year, that's, that's going to hurt his value. Uh, now if he's, if he is an elite steals guy, I'm not sure it matters where he's batting. He is a start in roto leagues, but, yeah. um, overall you'd rather see him hit lead off the ninth. Some notes on Francisco Cervelli, who I am starting over Evan Gaddis this week, and tomorrow we will talk about Evan Gaddis. I'm getting a lot of questions about him. Uh, Cervelli says two things. One, he's healthy. Two straight seasons dealing with injuries. He had a hamate bone injury in 2016, 2017, a bunch of injuries for Cervelli. One, he's healthy, just like Ryan Zimmerman said last year. And two, he changed his stance a little bit in spring training, and that's been paying dividends. Um, Three, fly ball revolution. Scott Schebler, Jorge Soler, Franchi Cordero. Who who are your favorite? Uh, rank them: Shebler, Solaire, Cordero. All doing good things. Solaire, Cordero, Shebler. Uh, I agree. And Ryan Rua has three steals. If that matters, I think Jesse Winker should be in that conversation too. Yeah, is he doing well? Uh, he's hitting three hundred. He's got non base percentage over four hundred, and he's got a little bit of a high BABIP. I think that'll come down a little bit, but he's got like a thirty seven percent hard contact rate and still has not hit a home run. And leading off almost every day for the Reds. Yes, and destroying Billy Hamilton's fantasy value. Uh, Aaron Judge is a better baseball player. Twelve, yeah, twelve strikeouts in his last four games. Just a little note there. And I think now it's time to talk about some pitchers from over the weekend. Some more pitchers, like we haven't talked about enough already. Uh, studs being studs. Oh, Garrett Cole's amazing. Twenty-two swinging strikes and uh, one seventy-three ERA. Uh, Johnny Cueto, whatever. Lance McCullers. Good enough. <laughs> yeah, McCueto is good again. Lance McCullers, Tanaka, DeGrom, every pitcher on the Cubs, including Darvish and Quintana. Rick Porcello was good again. Gio Gonzalez. Poor Gio Gonzalez just cannot seem to get the love. 267 ERA. Anybody really jump out at you in the studs category? There's a lot of um, affirmation of what I believed that Jose Quintana, you Darvish, Masi, or Tanaka are all actually still good, and I still believe they're still good. Yeah. Oh, how about this? How about this hot take? Ready? Rick Porcello sure. is the second best Red Sox pitcher in fantasy. 
it's not unthinkable. I would still take Bryce over him, but it's not unthinkable. Heath, you coming around on Porcello at all? I was the highest guy on Porcello at the beginning of this year. Uh, are you the highest now? I don't know. I don't know how much Scott's moved him. I'm going to move him up just a little bit more. I still think he's mostly, like, when things are going really well, he's Marcus Stroman, and you hope he wins a bunch of games. Okay. Well, would you take Porcello or Stroman at this point? Porcello. So would I. Would you take Porcello or Luis Castillo? I would take Luis Castillo. I will say, yeah, I, I might. There's a situation where I might take Porcello in a points league if I was really had a shaky pitching staff and just needed a little bit of stability. I think he'll give you that. Porcello or Gio? I would Por- take Porcello. Porcello, yeah. Cueto or McCullers? McCullers. Okay. McCullers is that's a close one bad start. Uh, definitely Cueto in points. Okay. McCull- yeah, McCullers, the- I- gosh, the Astros, so good. Alright, studs being studs part two. These guys are owned in more than 80% of leagues. They're not quite actual studs, but pitching pretty well. Mike Fultonevich, 82% owned. Hyun Jin Ryu, another good start. Just missed the quality start. Five and two thirds with two runs, seven strikeouts for Ryu. He's 90% owned. And Joey Lucchese, I, I almost put Lucchese in the Gosman Lopez group where it's like, I might see what I can get for him right now. What do you think? Is, is now the time to strike with trade value for Lucchese or do you want to keep him? You should have done no, it, it starts ago when he was not getting up any runs. Well, yeah, it's not as good as well. then, obviously, but uh, I think it's still pretty good coming off, coming off uh basically a quality start against the Mets and out shy of it. Um you know, I think most people would look at that and still say, hey, he's still going fine. Look, it's a good start. But um I'm a little worried about him pitching deep into games, about him sustaining the strikeout rate with only two pitches and, you know, not premium velocity. Yeah. So that seems like yeah, test the waters. I'm not saying you gotta trade him, but just just see test what the, someone will give yeah, you for him. See, test the waters, right? So Lucchese, I mean, he maybe he technically throws three pitches because he's got the churve, which is you know like two pitches in one. But um, <laughs> he, yeah, he, he is struggling third time through the order. Opponents are hitting three sixteen, and he's got a six twenty three ERA. And I mean, they had a huge lead, and he gave up a two run homer, and then I think a base hit, and then they yanked him uh, yesterday. So all right, studs being duds. Are you worried about any of these guys? Dallas Keuchel. Jose Barrios, Zach Godley, Carlos Carrasco, Steven Strasburg, Keiko, Barrios, Godley, Carrasco, and Strike and uh, Strasburg. Are you worried about these guys? I'm worried. No. Worried is too strong, but I have the same concerns for Barrios that I've had from the beginning. Not that that was his issue in this start. It just seems like his control wasn't up to snuff on Sunday, but. Only half of his starts has he gotten even double-digit swinging strikes, which is, you know, a pretty low threshold. So I'm just not sure. I I, I think he might be closer to Manaya than um than he's shown with the strikeout so far this year. All right then. Uh, how about fringy starting pitchers? All right, tell me your favorites here. I can't believe this guy is owned in less than 80% of leagues, but he is. Danny Duffy. So these are shallow league guys. Duffy, Pavetta, Chatwood, Skaggs, Trevor Williams, and Jake Odorizzi. Duffy, Pavetta, Chatwood, Skaggs, Trevor Williams, Odorizzi. Heath, who are your favorite three? Ooh. Uh, Pavetta, one. And Skaggs, two. And probably still Duffy three, although it's really close between him and Chetwood. Scotty. So yeah, those are the top three are the same as mine. That's they're Duffy, Pavetta, Skaggs. I think I would still take Duffy one, but it's it's really close between those three. I think they're all kind of borderline rosterable in a standard twelve team, you know, less than uh, like about two hundred fifty players rostered kind of league. Um, I, I did drop Duffy in a league for Kingham, and it was an in pursuit of upside kind of thing. 
where I feel like Duffy's probably going to be rosterable in that league long term. But like, how much upside does he have really pitching for the Royals? And while I think he has underachieved this year, he's going to get better. Not a strikeout for any guy anymore. I think I think we've seen enough evidence that that's the case. So bad run support, um, you know, questionable. Not not really a swing and miss arsenal. He's just kind of he, he's just kind of another guy. Yeah, I sat Tyler Skaggs everywhere. Seventy-one percent owned Tyler Skaggs. He had two starts, and I I did not expect a lot. But how about this week for him? Twelve and a third. Seven hits, two runs, three walks, 11 strikeouts at Houston, and then home against the Yankees. It's a heck of a week for Tyler Skaggs. His curveball is awesome. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged there. Uh, I know he's in both yep. of your top threes. Fringy yeah. starting pitchers part two. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Sorry. Fringy starting pitchers part two. Uh, who's your favorites? Chad Bettis, Chris Stratton, Vince Velasquez, and Zach Wheeler. Chad Bettis, Chris Stratton, Vince Velasquez, Zach Wheeler. I'd put I'm not Velasquez excited. Who'd you say, Heath? Velasquez and Wheeler are the only two I'm really interested in rostering. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm excited about either. Uh, but, if, you know, if Kingham was, like, they're, they're two guys I'd be happy to drop for Kingham or Malley or, I might even consider Caleb Smith in a shallower league where, um, you know, they're always going to be innings eaters available on waivers. Frenchy starting pitchers part three, 30 to 49% own. Mike Miner. Ty Blach, Tyler Malley, Brandon McCarthy, Vargas, Leak, Liriano, Junior Guerra. I said a lot of names there. Minor, Block, Malley, McCarthy, Vargas, Leak, Liriano, Guerra. Who you like? I still think things are going to start to look really good for Mike Miner here soon. His uh his swing and miss numbers are off the charts. He has very good control. Um I I, I think at 43% owned, that's, that's gonna look crazy here in a couple weeks. Tyler Malley's my second favorite, and then the others I don't much care about. Yeah, I'd go Minor and Malley, clear tier above the rest. I do have some interest in Leak and Guerra on a week-to-week basis. What about McCarthy? I'm, McCarthy last year, uh, his first 12 starts, he had a 287 ERA, and then he went on the DL. Uh, he's got a 309 ERA right now, Brandon McCarthy, and we'll probably go on the DL soon, but, <laughs> uh, while he's healthy, no interest in him? Yeah, the, he's, he's kind of in that streamer class CC Sabathia's in. I mean, the whip's kind of high for the ERA, and he's obviously not a big strikeout guy, and I think only one quality start this year. The Braves are handling him cautiously, but sure. he's, he's an okay pitcher. Alrighty. And in deep leagues, Marco Gonzalez, Yanni Chirinos, Herman Marquez, Trevor Cahill, Jose Arena. They're all owned in less than 30% of leagues. Gonzalez, Chirinos, Herman Marquez. Been very good on the road this year. 212 ERA. Uh, Trevor Cahill, Jose Arena. Heath, anybody strike you as under-owned? Not really. Like, Chirinos, I think, has some value as a SPARP, but... 22% is probably fine. Cahill? Things have gone, really gone sideways for him lately, too. Yeah, they have. What about Cahill? I like Cahill. Um, I don't love Cahill, but he was doing some interesting things with, um, with his arsenal before getting injured last year, throwing a curveball more, getting more swings and misses. And he's off to a pretty good start here for the A's. Um, uh, Probably deserves to be more than 24% owned, but, you know, he's not even on the level of like a, a Mike Miner or Malley or any of that, that group. Is Cahill RP eligible? No. Okay. Uh, I have to say Andrew Heaney's name. Nine strikeouts and in five innings against the Yankees. Interested? Andrew Heaney? There's upside, but I'm not ready to add him after this start. The first two, was it just two? He was awful before this start. Yes, I think he had two starts before this, and they, yes, they were awful at Kansas City and against San Francisco. I, the one against Kansas City was actually five innings, three runs, seven strikeouts. It wasn't terrible. The one at San Francisco, or home against San Francisco was awful for Heaney. All right, let's look at today's matchups. Starter sit, Cole Hamels at Trevor Bauer. Start both. Yep. Kyle Freeland at John Lester. Uh, since it's not in Colorado, I'll, I'll throw Lester out there. Agreed. 
Jamison Tyone at Tanner Roark. And real quick, the Nationals lineup is really not very good right now. Just going to say that. Yeah, start them both. Yeah, I'm hesitant with Tyone still just because he was dreadful his last two starts. But I think I'd start him. Let's see. They have scored five, five, zero, three, two, three. Yeah, their lineup's not so great right now, the Nationals. They need to, they need some reinforcements. Uh Brewers Reds, Jolie Chassin at Brandon Finnegan. No. Chassin's been good the last two or three times, but it's too risky. Jake Faria at Jordan Zimmerman in. I'm gonna say no, even to Faria. He um even when he's pitched well, he he hasn't been missing many bats. Agreed. Jason Hamill at Eduardo Rodriguez. Jordan I'll start Rod. Erod. Jake Arietta at Dan Straley. Jordan uh, Arietta. Yep, Arietta. Arietta. Sonny Gray at Charlie Morton. Morton. Yeah. Yeah, I'd start Morton, but I wouldn't feel like really great about it. I do wonder if teams who play Sunday night and then have to travel for their next game, if there's kind of a, you know, should probably research that. Uh, the Yankees, you know, they're on a road trip, played last night at Anaheim. All right, Blue Jays twins, Aaron Sanchez at Lance Lynn. Neither. Uh, maybe maybe Sanchez. I'd start uh, Sanchez in a points league. Yeah, in a points league. Not a roto. And definitely not Lynn. He and he and Sonny Gray are sit until further notice. And actually, I guess Luis Castillo is there, too. Ross Stripling at Zach Greinke. Start Greinke, sit Stripling. Don't, yep. don't bother with Stripling. I doubt you have him. Uh, Eric Lauer, Jeff Samarja. Um, Samarja has got to start, right? I, I think I'd roll the dice on Samarja with that matchup. And if you listen to the Sportsline DFS podcast today... You're going to hear an argument for starting Eric Lauer in DFS. Ooh, okay. Uh, we'll finish off with emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. This is from Dave. Would you trade Noah Syndergaard to get Acuna and Moustakas? No. Uh, yeah, and, and unless there's some keeper ramifications here, like Acuna was really cheap keeper or something, no, I wouldn't either. From Robert, dear Noah, Jacob, and Steven. That's pitchers. Blake Snell at Detroit or a two-start Kyle Gibson? Snell's un- unbenchable. Uh, after what he just did to the Red Sox, I mean, come on. Yeah, yep. wor- worst team against lefties. No, I-, I agree. <laughs> One start <laughs> Snell. He made them the worst team against lefties. Maybe, yeah. And Shamanaya did his part, too. Um, from David, grade the trade. 10-team points league. Trade Blake Snell for Adam Eaton. <laughs> Who would trade a top... 30 starting pitcher for an outfielder that was hurt all of last year and is currently on a disabled list. Okay, he had a torn ACL last year. It's not like he has like a chronic injury that he can't get over, but he actually right now has a chronic injury that he can't get over. Uh, <laughs> I think this is actually a fair trade if Eaton were healthy, but but they keep if pushing his timetable back, so I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, I, I actually, I'm, if you can get by without Eaton, if you were depending on Eaton like I am, because uh, you know how much I liked him, this is not a bad thing because he needs to be fully healthy. They need to take their time with him instead of rushing back, which they may have done. Uh, but, no, you cannot give up Blake Snell for Adam Eaton right now. It's just unclear. He, could, he honestly he could be back this week, but he could be back in like three weeks too. I just don't know. Uh, from Michael, who should he add? Give your top three in a Roto League. Pavetta, Miner, Newcomb, Tropiano, Gibson, Megden. Oh, it's Top a, it's three easy. for me would be Miner, Newcomb, Pavetta. Newcomb, Miner, and Pavetta is the only other name I remember. Yeah, those are the only ones you need. And Zach from Syracuse. I was offered Clayton Kershaw for Lance McCullers and Josh Bell in a 12-team Roto Dynasty League. Take it. Take, Take it, it as fast as you can. In Dynasty? I mean, there's always, like, only if there was a huge difference in what you'd be keeping these players for. Like, if Kershaw was a $50 keeper and McCullers was, like, a $4 keeper, yeah, maybe you don't take it. But otherwise, if you're keeping them on equal terms, take it. Figure it out. I'm not sure that's what they say on the show, but that seems like what they'd say on Figure It Out. 
Okay, thanks, everybody. They're bringing double there back. Great news. And we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See you later. Bury the lead. Bye.